Yes. Yes. So is there so, anything one, you don't want to talk about? No, I'm an open book, man. Listen, we'll even, we'll even go back to the questions I remember from the first conversation. We were shooting the shit. I got my extremely hot wife from my wit and my charm and everyone can suck it because she's mine. She's gorgeous. And she gave me two beautiful children who are also gorgeous. And I am not gorgeous at all. But as I, I said, do, as I said, you, uh, you shot out your league. I, I, I married up and I know this. I married up to a person who saw past all of this <laughs> and was like, I, I really like the person on the inside. So blessed to my wife, man. She's my, uh, she's my savior and my support system. She's the one who keeps me going. Even when I'm not sure and and sometimes the numbers aren't where I want it to be or I release an episode and I think this one, this one's going to be like the one where I get my first milestone, my first hundred audio downloads mm-hmm. and I don't hit it. And I sit there and go, fuck, what have I been doing for two years? Do people even know I exist? Yeah. And then she'll be like, yes, they know you exist because you keep getting listens back. You keep getting people who are commenting and then Twitter and Instagram. I had to take a break from like social media for like a week and just recharge and refocus yeah. and remember why I started this was because yep. of the passion for the business and what I love. Labyrinth, come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from head to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Come in. Hello and welcome to This Is Brendan 86. Immediately after this on the feed will be episode 87 that I recorded a week ago. I ended up, uh, what's it called? The episodes I was going to put here, Big Ben Ortman and also Ontario Gumby, those will be coming out later in the month. I swapped it out with some old Instagram lives. I pushed up the Animal Bob Anger uh, podcast. So I hope you enjoyed those conversations. Those were available on Instagram Live. Uh, and also coming up this week, the Instagram Lives do return. So that'll be a fun thing to uh, for anyone that wants to watch them. But... In other news, on the podcast today, George Mackay from Straight Talk Wrestling. Uh, great dude. We talked a lot about family and life and just the struggles of struggling and hustling and working hard. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, which, by the way, there's about 45 minutes that got edited out that you could, for all tiers on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Brendan C, this full raw podcast is available. So Go to the Patreon. Enjoy that for all tiers. If you are in the meal tier, you get a daily vlog. Could be two minutes, could be ten minutes long. Uh, we do Zoom events every month. This month, for May 28th, I believe. Let me double check that. Friday, May 28th, we will be watching Beyond the Mat. It's always great in the Brendome. We have a couple M4 tapings coming up because we also do a conspiracy theory show. You can watch the pilot or listen to the pilot earlier on. It's on the YouTube page. All the links are down below. Hope you enjoy this conversation with George McKay. Go over to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Brendan C. For as little as $7 Canadian a month, you will get uh, at least three bonus podcasts a week. Over ten during the course of the month. Live Zoom events, daily vlogs, merch, uh, this fucking stay-at-home order will relieve itself. But I hope you all enjoy this. Have a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, a good night. Just have fun, stay safe, sane, healthy, and pursuing happiness. I appreciate all of you for listening to this. And anything you like, screenshot this. Put it on your Instagram story. Put it in your Instagram hard post like I've been doing with the podcast I've been listening to. Tag me. Tag George. Private message me. There's all these great conversations to be had. So enjoy. And also, 
one of the bonuses of the Patreon group is there's an Instagram group chat that's super fucking fun. The Acolytes of All Right. So I hope you all enjoy that. Have a good day. Hope you enjoy this May spring rainy weather. <laughs> Bye. Oh, oh, oh. I predict an earthquake up in here. Say yeah. Oh, 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 oh. I predict an earthquake up in here. Cause we throw bombs on it. Throw bombs on it. Just smash something. Yes, much for me. Hey, yes. it go, if you were into if you were a business card for yourself and you're like hi what would you say i would say i am george mckay i'm an entertainer a husband and a father and those are the three trifectors for me that is everything in no particular order um but if i had to put an order i would put father husband and entertainer yeah because i care for my children more than anybody else like I said, my wife is my support system. And I got to say, like, we've been together for almost 20 years. And it's it's, it's crazy. Not, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. And and we were married at 24. So, like, we we got married young, younger than the norm nowadays, yeah. for sure. Um, but we got married at 24. We lived in basement apartments till we were close to 30. Had one kid, raised her in a basement apartment for close to six years. Got our house. Worked our asses off. Um, did everything we said we were going to do. And uh, then we got blessed with our second daughter after we kind of lost one in between. We had one okay. going, but we, we lost it in between about six weeks in. So it was hard because um, we weren't sure. You know, I mean, I always thought in the back of my head, I'm like, damn, that could have been my son. But at the same mm-hmm. time, it was, I guess I'm not a big believer in religion or faith, but somebody up there was telling us that it wasn't, that baby just wasn't healthy. It yeah. wasn't gonna, it wasn't ready for this world. So we had to move on. Or and even for second- Sasha also. Yeah, because it could have been maybe it's it comes to term, but maybe it's stillborn and maybe Sasha loses her life also that like there is that stuff. And I I actually want to dive into this for a second because a friend of mine just opened up about uh, having a miscarriage last summer and try not to tell anyone and the the feelings that they went in between because not enough people share like miscarriage stories and it it wasn't until the Brody Lee uh talk at Jericho tribute that one of the guys from the revival also mentioned it and how for for the female she feels less than because it's this is one of the natural things that I'm supposed to be able to do but then also the father side you feel like oh is it something in my issue so like what were some doubts during that because that's a legitimate there's a lot of people that say they struggle but then you ask like what got them into that situation and it was their own fault versus this is just, you said not a religious dude, not like a big faith guy like I am where it's, but there's something in the universe. I believe there is some karma mm-hmm. because I keep seeing it. I, me and you keep re- reaping the rewards of it and we keep seeing people be held accountable for stuff that they've done. So tell me like, cause this is, this is why also I said, I'm glad I had you on now my podcast is about the it's not so much the highs because we're still on the process of climbing and we're in the struggle we're in the process so it is about the lows and stuff like that and legitimately my target for this podcast it's it's me and you 10 years ago that before we just pulled the trigger completely on doing shit ourselves and betting on mm-hmm. ourselves to know that there's going to be highs and lows and that's a personal low so please go into it as much as you're comfortable 
Oh, I'm, I'm totally open for it now because like I said, we had our second daughter who's uh, my little Ariana. She's my little spitfire, my little firecracker. <laughs> she is, uh, the mini host is everything I needed her to be in life. She's beautiful. She's perfect. And my little one is a little firecracker who gives me all kinds of attitude. Uh, just before I came down here, she was like, can I finish watching my show? I was like, but I just want to watch like 10 more minutes of my show before I go downstairs. Yeah, but you're not important. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's awesome. Cool. Um, you're too young to know what this means, but when you're 13, you're grounded for this exact minute. <laughs> I will remember it. I will. But um, back to <laughs> back to the serious note. Yeah. Um, it was um, you know, we we were trying for a second one for so long. Like I said, we just got our house, so space was a little bit more available to us. We knew we wanted to grow the family. Two was always the magic number. Even mm-hmm. though when I met my wife, I jokingly said, I just want to, I just want to bang all day long. We'll have like 50 kids. <laughs> and then I realized how expensive one was, and that changed really quick. <laughs> perspective <laughs> exactly perspective but um we uh we wanted to and um we weren't even really trying and two came along very quickly and we just got super excited because it was a few years in between cassie was about three and we knew we wanted to have them kind of close together um so we had it and we started telling everybody immediately right away like my wife was maybe two three weeks pregnant and they always say there's that kind of cardinal rule that taboo thing you shouldn't yeah. really say anything till the first trimester yeah. And maybe I guess that's on us, but we got really excited just because we were just so excited that number two was happening. Yeah. And then we got a call from the doctor. And of course the doctor couldn't tell me directly what was happening because it involved Sasha. Yeah. And so I called Sasha and I said, listen, the doctor wants to see us. And she's like, I, I, I have a feeling I know what this is about. And I said, do you want me to call her to confirm? She's like, yeah, cause I'm, I'm freaking out and I don't want anything to happen to the baby. So I called the doctor and I got on the phone and I said, listen, you know Sasha's history. She 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 just she battles anxiety, and um, I don't have anxiety. I just have huge anger issues. And right now, all I want to do is drive over to your office and punch you in the face till you tell me what the fuck's happening. Mm-hmm. So either you tell me what the fuck's happening now, so I can prepare my wife for the worst, or you and I are going to have a problem. And she said, "Okay, it looks like um, the fetus has stopped growing. There's a puncture there. It's 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 not happening. You you've lost it. It's actually already gone. It's been gone for a week." Ugh. So at that moment, uh, like my heart sank because right in my head, I'm thinking that could have been my son that, that, you know, that could have been, you know, the, my bloodline continuing and that's kind of stuff. And it, it sucked. It, it just sucked the life out of me, yeah. but I had to put my feelings aside at that moment. Cause I had to care for my wife. I had to take care of her, make sure everything was okay. So I went and picked her up. We went to the doctor. We got the options. We had to do the DNC, which is a procedure that they have to kind of, they have to flush kind of everything out that's uh-huh. kind of already developed in there a little bit to make sure it's yeah. healthy. So we did that. And luckily enough, the doctor, what really shocked us though, is as we're going through the whole thing, you're kind of sitting there and it's like that scene from Deadpool where he's learning that he has cancer, uh-huh. but the doctor just goes mute. And all yeah. he's doing is looking at every focal point of his girlfriend's face to try to remember that exact moment. My mind wandered. I didn't hear a word the doctor said. But after Sasha kind of told me um, that it's more common than you think, mm-hmm. it's like 94% of the time, somebody will miscarry a baby and it's, it's got multiple factors to it. Apparently yeah. there's a diet, there's health reasons, there's all kinds of stuff. And it but just, no one ever talks about it. So that 94% right. people don't know because it becomes that, that shame. And I'm a firm believer. Like if you see anything I post or how I communicate, I'm a very positive guy. That does not mean my life is fucking easy or negativity doesn't exist. It's just, I work really fucking hard to try to ignore it. 
but I still acknowledge it where a lot of people think being positive is just ignoring all the negative where it's all about perspective. You, if you don't embrace like a miscarriage as just, Oh fuck, this is one of the worst moments of my life. Then when you have the, the uh, miracle afterwards of the birth, it makes you appreciate that more than you did the first birth. And it's just like that added extra. Like I, I developed an allergy recently to chocolate and I've never been like a sweets or a candy guy, but I love chocolate. And now okay. I'm just, I'm now I'm a little angry. And as a heavier guy, I wish I was gluten intolerant instead. At least I wouldn't be having carbs. But like it's those are what makes you appreciate the things. And this is where my metaphors for a miscarriage goes into yes. food. But like you're saying that it's about perfect. those moments, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's a, and it's a shame that more people don't talk about it because like one, if you break down the percentages, like one in every three women. They suffer that and they suffer yeah. in silence. The husband suffers in silence. Um, and it was a difficult time. It was actually during the time that we kind of started or we were just thinking about starting straight talk wrestling. Mm. And um, I kind of had to put it on the back burner because we yeah. had to deal with all that stuff. But we got through it and I never really grieved until I was actually hanging out with my former co-host, uh, Steve Mitchell. And I was over at his house and I kind of just had my little breakdown moment. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed to admit it. I cried. Because I didn't know what I had lost. And I wasn't sure. I thought maybe it's me. My wife had doubts it was her. But it just, it was the timing of the situation. Mm. For whatever reason, that purpose in the universe intervened and said, this, this one's not going to work. But we're going to try again. So we kept trying, but we didn't put pressure on ourselves. Because a lot of couples will just try to put pressure on it. Okay, yeah. If you do that, you take all the fun out of it. So yeah. Listen, sex is not a chore. Sex yeah. should be enjoyed. And I do enjoy it. I <laughs> and I want to, I'm a fan of it as well. I'm a it. fan so, of also. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know what I'm talking about. So we we tried, and uh luckily enough, uh, it's called a rainbow baby. That's so what it is. Yeah. If you if you if you get pregnant again, it's called a rainbow baby. So mm. we had it, we kept it very quiet. We didn't let anybody know till it was safe to do so. And then we did our photo shoot. And uh, actually, the first thing we did, which was really cool, was um it was around Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And that was well into like the, the four or five month range. Okay. So it was perfect. Actually, sorry, it was Easter. My apologies. It was Easter. <laughs> so we, uh, we were at an Easter family dinner and we bought Cassie a shirt that said big sister mm -hmm. and we had her keep it like covered mm -hmm. and they were sitting down at dinner. And then we said, Hey, Cass, why don't you just take your jacket off or your shirt off? She's like, okay. And she took it off and everybody saw the shirt and everybody was like, Oh my God. Ah, yeah. Everybody free. And it was, it was a great moment. Yeah. And then, um, sure enough. Nine months later, there she was. Boom. She she came out like a firecracker. And she actually was early. She was three weeks early. Oh, wow. Sasha was supposed to have a scheduled C-section. And and it was funny. Both times, we ordered pizza, pizza. And I guess pizza, pizza is our like our labor inducer. Because we ordered pizza, pizza. And then, boom. Both times, contractions started. And the kids came out. And we uh, so we went to the hospital. This is our second go. And we were excited about this one. We were just genuinely excited about, you know, welcoming the second baby. We dropped Cassie off with the in-laws and we're in the room. And we're filling out the questionnaire and I'm asking all the questions, not knowing anything. It's like, mm -hmm. when was your last period? What is this? Uh, how's your body temperature now? Da, 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 da. And I'm asking, I'm like, babe, I don't know if I can fill this out. And she's just dying of laughter. Tears are rolling down her face. We're in one room laughing. And then there's a poor woman next to us who is having the most violent contractions ever. And she's like screaming in pain. And here are these two jackasses beside her giggling and laughing like schoolgirls. So uh, the doctor comes in and the doctor's like, uh, you guys are going to have a baby three weeks early. 
And we're like, awesome. This is, this is great. And I'm like, okay, so you can just C-section her right now, right? And he's like, no, you can't because Sasha ate. We have to wait like eight hours Ooh. before we could C-section because she ate. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So three in the morning rolls around <laughs> and we're in the hospital room and we're watching the TV, right? It only gets like six channels in the hospital yep. unless you pay for it, right? Yeah. So we're watching and I swear to God, Holden, uh, Gotham Steel commercial came on. <laughs> okay. So I'm sitting there and we're watching this commercial and just complete utter exhaustion at this point. And the guy just walks over and he's like, he gets through the whole spiel of what Gotham Steel, but I only remember this part because right after this, they wheeled us in and our daughter was born. He um, <laughs> comes out, he goes, you know what else the Gotham Steel pan can do? And he gets really serious and he looks right <laughs> in the camera like this and he goes, it can flambe. And I just looked at Sasha and I said, well, shit, babe, if it can flambe, <laughs> we need to get this. I don't even know what flambeing is, but now I want to do it. And then I saw him pour fucking brandy in the pot and like burn it. And I'm like, who would waste good alcohol to add some shit to a cake? I said, fuck, I don't want to flambe. Fuck Gotham Steel. I will never own any Gotham Steel cookware. And to this day, I haven't bought it. But our, our, our second daughter was born. And she was healthy and she was beautiful. And I remember the first night in the hospital, I went home and got all our little <clears throat> pirated DVDs that were on a USB stick and our portable mm -hmm. DVD player. And uh, we put in Deadpool. Okay. And we watched it. And I just remember baby sleeping on my arms. And I remember watching that, that scene right before I passed out with the baby sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to myself, that's full circle. Because that, when the movie came out, and it just kind of happened that we lost the first one. And I remembered that scene so vividly. And then we had the second one and it was all worth it. And now she's going to be like in six weeks, she'll be five. It's crazy. And, um, it is. It's awesome. And uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Being a girl dad is the coolest thing in the world. Um, I, I might have lost the son. I don't even care anymore because I got two daughters and being a girl dad rocks. It takes, in my opinion, it takes a real man to raise a lady. And I got two ladies who are well on their way to not taking any shit from anybody on this planet and writing their own paths. And I guarantee you one day you're going to see that little one uh, fighting for the women's welterweight championship in the <laughs> UFC. And she's going to crack some fucking skulls because she Fuck can yeah. do a pretty mean arm bar. Fuck next time yes. you come over. No, yeah, I'm, next good. Time I'm, you good. Come I'm good. She can put you, you in that. I'll watch. Uh, no, okay. I'm, I'm not going to take it from her. I, I got uh, other wrestling to do afterwards. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, she'll just take an arm bar for you and she'll give you one. It'll be fun. I've <laughs> almost broken my arm like three times because she puts the pressure right there. Eh? Yeah. It's supposed to like she locks the knees. Yeah. She really a couple times. I've almost I've almost like tapped. Yo, I get they, out. They're of it. small. They got small limbs like they're they don't know it's their the own ankles. strength. Yes. The ankles are like that big and they dig in like spikes. Yeah, you're mm -hmm. right. Don't take it. You got wrestling to do after. No, don't. You can watch me take it, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. need two arms to podcast. <laughs> yeah, 100 percent. Uh, are you a lefty <laughs> or a righty? I'm a righty. Okay, yeah, to break your left arm, you can still piss and jerk off. It's all good. She goes for the right one consistently all the time. <laughs> she knows how inconvenient it will be. I'll be sitting there writing like this. <laughs> uh, do you, I know a lot of people mention how like their children, it's almost like payback to how they were as children or as teenagers and such. Is that kind of how, could you keep mentioning the firecracker forward, somehow grounding when they're old enough to understand the punishment? <laughs> like, so do you go, Oh fuck. Yeah. That was my personality. That was in my DNA that I passed on to them. 
Oh, 100%. My parents, uh, every time the girls give me any kind of sarcasm, my parents look at me and go, I remember those days, Georgie. I remember those days. <laughs> and I just go, oh, okay, thanks a lot, mom, dad. Like, screw you guys. Um, but um, Cassandra, uh, the mini host, uh, she mm-hmm. has, uh, she's a tween. So she's almost 12. And she has ridiculous amounts of attitude. The eye rolls to like a T, like, like <laughs> this. It's like, and I just, I hate it. I hate, she knows I hate it. And she has my dry sense of humor and my sarcasm. Mm-hmm. Whereas Ariana, my youngest, she has my temper, but she's very free flowing with her feelings. So when I was upstairs, I was watching uh, Glee with okay. my wife. And I don't mind that show, especially Sue Sylvester. I find her to be the epitome of great television. When Glee was on TV, when it first started, I, mm-hmm. I followed along. I think I even have like the first season on DVD. Like I followed along for like the first three, four seasons. A lot of like music that was older and like previous generations, I found through Glee and like I had like the covers and such. So like I appreciate Glee. It just became one of those shows that it was like even Modern Family. I enjoyed I enjoyed Modern Family a little longer than Glee, but mm-hmm. I missed like the last five seasons and I've been catching up on Netflix now. And it's like it's. I I kind of relate shows like that to pro wrestling when people say they they used to watch wrestling or they used to be a fan. It's wrestling never stopped. The WWE has been going for 60 plus years now. It's people fall out of love with wrestling and it that's where the heartbreak happens. So I understand like you trying to defend and not defend at the same time. Like I'm I'm not the person, especially I'm the worst person to try not to defend something to because I'm the opposite of like, oh, you All like right. something I don't know? Let me, let's go into this because I'm not. All right, I'll admit it. The first three seasons of Glee, right up until they win the Nationals, yeah. I loved. After that, the show should end it because they won the Nationals. There's no the need struggle. to go back anymore. The no. struggle's gone. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no more story to tell. You can add new people and people can graduate, but there's no more story to tell. But mm-hmm. the first three seasons I did enjoy. And I was yeah. watching my favorite episode where um, Sue takes out all the minority kids and tries to make them, you know, represented because apparently... Mm-hmm. Uh, Will Schuster, who's the Glee coach, is only recognizing the white children, mm-hmm. not the rest of the children in Glee. So it's a hilarious episode because there's so many like puns of, of stupidity on both ends. It's yeah. gold. It's one of my favorite episodes. I also think I'm, I'm, I'm realizing right now it's that was like the first mainstream show that had representation of children. Like it's people will reference, oh, nowadays, like people are able to be more free with their sexuality or their thoughts and stuff. They literally have a kid dancing who's in a wheelchair. They have uh, overweight actresses or sorry, plus size actresses. They have skinny people. They have uh, gender identities across the board. Like it was, I think, thinking back now. I'm pretty sure Glee's what set up like everything else where it's like modern family having one of the couples be a gay couple. Like I think like uh, Glee doesn't get enough credit for being so forthcoming on representation. Oh, ground groundbreaking, groundbreaking for sure. And what they did and what they, what they, they gave a voice to the voiceless in certain mm-hmm. sexualities and, and, and genders and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but back to the, the quick point was that as I'm watching it, she comes over, she pauses the Apple TV remote, she hands it to me, she says, my turn. I said, no, I'm, I got like 10 minutes left. I want to finish this. You're not important, dad, I am. That's where I said, I'll ground you. And yep. then I said, um, I said, you know what, buddy? I don't ask a lot. I come home from a long day of work. I just, I just want to watch something for a little bit, just a little bit. And she stomped her feet. She said, I'm so, I'm so angry. And I said, it's okay, express your feelings. And then she took her favorite stuff, bunny. And threw it on the floor. And I said, 
that's supposed to be your best friend. And you just threw it on the floor. I said, if I was a cop, I'd arrest you for assault because you threw Bunny completely on the floor. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, Bunny and I have an understanding. Okay. What's the understanding? I can throw Bunny anywhere because I'm more important than Bunny. I said, okay, that's fine. I understand. I appreciate that. And then she stomped her feet and I said, that's it. Timeout. She goes, today's not your day to give me timeouts. And I'm like, oh, you little, oh, you little. She, she has an answer for everything. Mm-hmm. And her temperament is, like I said, fire. And um, that's me. That's who I was, was a kid. I had an answer for everything, even if it was the wrong answer. And yeah. you know that moment you have when you're, you're in a fight with your parents and you know you shouldn't say it and you're mm-hmm. biting your tongue, but then you say it anyways and it makes the situation 10 times worse. Yep. That's what her and Cassandra do all the time. Mm-hmm. They say, and I look at my wife and I go, oh, that's all you. And my wife goes, nope, that's <laughs> you. <laughs> Mr. Can't stand authority. Mr. Can't do this. Mr. Can't do that. And you know what? I, I always fight with her. I say, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. It's not me. I'm perfect. And then I go down, I close the basement door and I go, she's so right. No, it's all me. It's all <laughs> just, my fault. Just don't break in front of the child. Just don't break in front of the child. Don't let them see that they won. <laughs> you can't, you can't show, you can't ever show them that you cried. You can't show them fear. You just got to have this, the same monotone face, but she, um, uh, yeah, karma, Karma is a real bitch and she bit me <laughs> twice and I have no bone, but you know what? The one thing I could say that's great is that I know when they start dating is when I'm going to have my fun. If you yeah. haven't seen den of thieves, watch that scene because any boy that tries to fuck with my daughters will end up in a wheelchair. And that's when I call in favors. That's when I call you over. <laughs> that's when I call Fuerza over. That's when I call, you know, Chris chambers over Mark Wheeler and everybody just looks all gruff and angry. And I have that mm-hmm. scene. If anybody doesn't know the scene I'm talking about, it's when 50 cents daughters go in the prom and he says to the, the boyfriend is like, come, come. I just I want to holler at you. He takes him in his garage where all his prison friends are. And he goes, for 18 years, my job has been her protection. Now I pass that job on to you. And if you don't uh, get her back on time, your mother will be pushing you in a wheelchair. Do I make myself clear? And the kid's like 17. And he's probably just hoping for a hand job on prom night. Yeah. And he's like, like I'm not, I'm not even going to touch her. Like his, his face is just yep. complete horror. And as he leaves, they're all looking at him. Like they're all giving him that gruff, angry face. Mm-hmm. As soon as they leave, they all bust out laughing. Yep. Cause that's the goal. Holden. One of their boyfriends will have to shit his pants. Then I'll stop doing it. I won't do it anymore. <laughs> no, you'll do it again and again because you knew it worked. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I might just have a pack of depends at the door and be like, before you step in here, you might want to put these on. Just, just save yourself. Just save oh yourself. my God. That's so like belittling in the best way ever. Fuck. Not I coffee. Didn't, I didn't even tea. know tea had caffeine in it until real recent. What's that? That tea had caffeine in it? Yeah, I had no idea. You didn't know that like Earl Grey had like the same amount of caffeine like a cup of coffee? No. I thought tea was just like warm beverage. No, it's it's got some it's got some kick to it. Me personally, when I go for a tea, and I don't drink tea often, but when I do, I love the lemon ginger. I love a little okay. zip and a zang to my tea. And I'll the get- lemon's also great. I'll get like an extra large honey lemon and oh sorry no uh honey lemon's what I drink when I'm not feeling well or like my throat's fucked right. up but it's right. uh it's if you get an extra large coffee at like Tim Hortons or tea at Tim Hortons they'll give you two tea bags and you can swap and have both like be different and I get 
peppermint and green tea because uh the peppermint can like boost like uh your metabolism and help you like burn weight a little bit so i i've never and i've also i'm literally drinking cold brew coffee right now so i've never been i'm never adverse to caffeine but it's just like finding out something that has caffeine in it i'm just like Oh, that's a sneaky little fuck there, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then, like my Canadian just comes out and stuff like that. I've been saying like, uh, "Fuck yeah, bud," and I've never said that in the past like twenty eight years. That's like a recent thing for me. And also because like we live in the GTA, it's a little more less rural Canada. We have a lot of like U.S. Uh, u.s influence that we don't really see ourselves as having an accent per se no and i'm no. talking to a few people and i don't know what happens but the moment i say sorry it is literally like i wrote sore s-o-r-e e-e-e for sorry and i'm just like oh there's a canadian accent okay yep uh i have one <laughs> yeah sometimes i'll catch myself at work like i'll give it to a, a one of my drivers and um i'll be like hey listen i'm a dispatcher by trade so i'll be like hey listen go here do this pickup all right bud you got that, bud? You need any more? You need directions there, bud? And he'll be like, good. I'll be like, all right, get it, get her down there, boy. And I'll just be sitting there go, fuck. Yep. That is so, so I feel like I'm somebody from Sudbury, yet I've never stepped foot in Sudbury, yeah. but like my Sudbury came out. It's, it's literally it's that like internal Canadian blood just somehow like creeps out sometimes. And like in fairness, at least it's us just saying weird more local slang as opposed to someone who's actually racist and they accidentally slip out stuff like that so i'd rather say bud than be a fucking racist so i'm okay with that <laughs> absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree with you anymore i i don't see i never see race i only i always say this whenever i see somebody being a jackass or even tell my daughters this uh i say guys you know what black white doesn't matter asian red yellow green we all bleed the same color and that's the way I look at it. That's the way I look. Everybody's equal to me. It doesn't matter what race or religion or creed you come from. If you're a dirtbag, you're a dirtbag. If yep. you're a piece of shit, you're a piece of shit. If you're a sweetheart like myself, I'm just adorable. Uh, I'm not sexy or anything, but I'm adorable. I have cute, I have features that are adorable. And that's why I landed a super hot wife. So, um, you know, I'm blessed. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. Today's a good day. Well, like, uh, I, I think I've just been so influenced and also like, Living in Brampton has been actual uh, diversity, not just bullshit diversity of like, I lived in no, Brampton. But the culture here is very cool. Very yeah. Cool. So I've never really seen other, like, I, I don't understand how you could dislike someone or have enough energy to dislike someone just because they're a different culture than you. And then I'm smart enough to know, wait a minute, like a, a black person is black and I'm, paler and i'm white because of where our ancestors were raised it's literally you're a product of your environment of evolution you need more melatonin because there's more sunlight there i don't because there isn't so much sunlight people are shorter because there's literally an island somewhere off the coast in asia where it's like 50 people and the tallest person is like four foot eight because they basically live in villages and caves and such that being over five foot is going to be a detriment. So they evolved to be this, where when someone would be like, oh, they de-evolved to be that size. Like, no, evolution caused them to be like this. And uh, you mentioned the dispatcher thing. I actually like, what's a typical week for you? Uh, currently in the pandemic and then pre-pandemic. 
All right, so pre-pandemic, the current week was uh, Sunday's always family day. So I'll start with Sunday because a lot of people think Sunday is the first day of the week, but some people say it's Monday. So we'll just go with Sunday for arguments. Mm-hmm. So Sunday is usually family day. On the odd occasion, there would be an afternoon you know, wrestling show. I would take the mini host to make connections, hand out my cards, give the spiel. Listen, I love what I see. You know, Would you like to come on the show? Go back, have dinner with the family, wrap stuff up, and then get ready for Monday. Monday, 6.45 in the morning, I'm in the bathroom. Checking Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm also shouting out current week's episode. So when you see those early morning tweets and texts, I'm on the crapper. I'll be honest with you. That's where that's where the magic happens. I'm sitting Same. on the toilet and I'm tweeting. That's Same. exactly what you do. So um, after that, you know, brush, brush your teeth, get ready, wake the kids up. Because uh, let's go with during school. So wake the kids up. Say, guys, listen, we got to get ready for school. Get Wake Cassie up like six times before I have to yell, hey, get out of bed. Yeah. sometimes there's a swear word in there too. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then I go into my four-year-old's room and I say, okay, buddy, it's time to get up. I don't want to wake up dad, get up. And I'll p- literally pick her up by her shirt. I'll go grab some clothes. I'll carry her into the bedroom <laughs> where I will change her on our bed. And then I'll, you know, say good morning to my wife who say, hey, babe, you know, either it's your turn to drive the kids to school or it's my turn. Mm-hmm. Whosever turn it is to drive the kids gets to stay in bed a little bit longer. Okay. And then the other one goes downstairs, packs the lunches. Cass comes downstairs all grumpy and grouchy because she's a tween. Emo face. Uh, she feeds the dog. I'll pop in a nutritious breakfast, which is usually Pop-Tarts or Eggo waffles because we don't have that much time. Yep. And then um, we eat quickly. I make my coffee. I pack my lunch for work. And then she hoofs the kids off to school or I hoof the kids off to school. And then we go to work. I work probably 8 8.30, 8.15, 8.30 till about 4.35 o'clock. Then make the trek home. If one of us finishes earlier than the other, then that one will pick the kids mm-hmm. up from the after school program. We get back home. We have a late dinner or, you know, we do that around six o'clock and then it's either editing or podcast interviews because I book a lot of my stuff after 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. And then um, it's going upstairs maybe around eight or nine when the interview's done and uh, watching a little bit of TV before like 1030 hits and I'm passed out. That's the Monday to Friday. Yeah. And then Saturday is usually get up uh, a little bit later. But I really don't because my eternal alarm clock is yep. up. So every day I wake up 645, 7 o'clock. If I sleep yep. till 730, I feel like I've overslept. Yep. And when you make those plans thing. to sleep in and your body doesn't get the memo. No, never, never happens that way. So then Saturdays usually would be, you know, shows. Uh, my wife usually works on Saturdays. So she would work during the day. I'd watch the kids and she would come home and I would either go to the show by myself or I'd take Cass or the occasional time I'd take her to the show if we could find some babysitting. And then it's come back and uh, then that's it. That was kind of life. Uh, And then during the pandemic, everything kind of slowed. Work got crazy busy because I worked for a food transport company. So we were really in the beginning of the pandemic. We were... working like crazy we were just making sure food was still on tables and making sure everything was moving because that was the most important thing and then the interviews kind of slowed um they were steady at a steady pace and they kind of slowed for a little bit and then i realized they needed to kind of pull back have a little bit more family time and so the summer we really enjoyed and then um this summer uh actually got some rough news during the first summer in the pandemic uh i found out my dad had cancer oh so the whole world stopped yeah, no, it's, it's okay because he's uh, he's still slugging along. He's fighting it. Uh, it's an uphill battle for sure. Yeah. But he's making every day count. He's still grumpy and grouchy. And somehow he's the Brampton Santa Claus. So go figure that. <laughs> yes, my father is the Brampton Santa Claus, 100%. Uh, so is this how my dating life? 
are you in the lineage? Is this like uh, Tim Allen Santa Claus no. that once your dad uh, retires, that uh, you uh, you inherit the uh, the suit and beard? No, as you can see, I have done everything to make sure I'll never get to that stage. It's always a goatee. The hair is cut as extremely short as possible. I have tattoos and piercings. There will not be a Santa Claus suit in ten my years. Future. Ten years, bro. Ten years. I'm calling it. You're gonna fucking do it one <laughs> one winter, even just as for the kids or for the kids' kids. And then I'm just gonna fucking text you because I'm gonna see the photo somehow, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, ha. Ha! Actually, I'm not even gonna say ha. I'm just gonna send you a clip of Tim Allen turning into Santa Claus. That's what I'm gonna do. Listen, you could call it. I'll even put money on it. It's not gonna happen. But I found that out, and it was kind of an uphill battle. Yeah. My sister came down from uh, uh, BC. My other sister. I have one sister lives in Brampton here. My other sister came down, and uh, she's a lot. She's the the one in the family that's that's a lot. It's you're a not. Lot you're it. not. Uh, you're not sad that she's on the other side of the country. No, I, 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 her and I have a good relationship through distance. Distance yeah, yeah. definitely does help our relationship. One hundred percent. Oh, wait, absolutely. And uh, she knows that. I've said that to her face. I'm very honest. Over, over. I overshare with my family a lot. Um, Same. that's where my four year old gets it. I from. overshare with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. So, um, uh, world slowed down. Started to appreciate, and then the summer kind of crazy stuff started happening with the podcast. I started, you know, sending out emails like I always did, and then started getting big responses back. You also uh, got a sponsor. I did. I had uh, Ray Bernardo from Road Sport Chrysler. We had a little bit. Uh, we had a sponsorship from S- September to December. Uh, it was only a four month contract, and uh, after that, in January, uh, we really didn't. Uh, discuss any renewal. He went his way. I went my way. It was a great learning experience though, because through the sponsor, we're able to get some really big names on the show. Uh, Gallows and Anderson and Camille Brickhouse were two that he uh, footed the bill for. And I'll never be able to repay him for that. It was a huge, huge thing to have. And the four month contract was great, but he didn't want to be tied down to anything. I didn't want to be tied down to anything. He had never sponsored a podcast. I had never had a sponsor. So it was just a matter of, okay, let's see how this works. And it worked really well. There's no bad blood there at all. It's just the end of the contract happened and neither of us really took any action. It was like, Ah, I'm gonna let it be, and he's like, I'll let it be too, and that was it. That was it. No bad blood, no nothing. That's the and thing. I can never... That's that's stuff people don't mention. That like you can break up and not have to just like end everything. Period, or have it be bad. Exactly. It it can always be a parting of the ways, very mutual. Yeah, and it actually kind of was. A blessing for me because I learned a lot about what I need to do when the next sponsor does come along. Mm-hmm. And I am still looking for the next sponsor, by the way. Shameless plug. But I can always promote can your always... email also. Shameless plug and say, if you're interested in sponsoring Straight Talk, insert email here. Okay, perfect. If you're interested in sponsoring <laughs> there Straight you Talk, um, you can reach me at my personal email, which is georgemckay89 at gmail.com or also Straight Talk Wrestling at gmail.com. I have two different emails. I answer both. So please <laughs> feel free. To, uh, reach out and and this face could always be in your life <laughs> always so um we like i said yeah you can you can have those relationships where again it was a trial and error period for the both of us and um you know he sponsored me for a little bit it was a short-term contract and there was no bad blood it's just like okay i think i think i'm gonna go peruse other advantages yeah. and i didn't want to be tied down just the one sponsor i didn't want to just have all my eggs in the one basket it was cool making the ads and stuff like that mm-hmm. And um, it was, like I said, I could never repay him for Gallows and Anderson or Camille Brickhouse because those were two very big interviews that I wanted because I was fans of both those guys. That's my tag team. And Camille Brickhouse is one of the baddest women on the planet. 
She's like the second coming of China, in my opinion. I actually said that in the interview. Um, and then, and then Christmas happened. We had all had our pandemic Christmas, our driveway visits, if you will. And then I got some new equipment and, um, this year has been crazy so far. Like I've had, I got to sit down with TJ Wilson, who was mm -hmm. like one of my bucket list interviews. I love Tyson kid watching his career and to sit down with him and him and I both picked, if you go back and watch that episode, cause I dropped it right before Royal rumble. We both picked the women's Royal rumble winner. <laughs> and neither of us had a hand in it at all, but I called Bianca Belair and I was right, mm -hmm. 100% right. And so was he. Like, I want to I wanna ask you about that. I want to pull the curtain back to the podcast business side of it because people think, oh, I'm just going to set up a microphone or I'm going to download Anchor and just record it on my phone. And then they talk for five, 10 minutes mm -hmm. or they ask the same five questions mm -hmm. and there's nothing. Like, luckily for me, I'm an interesting enough person and I'm empathetic enough that I can talk to the other person and almost any podcast I'm on becomes this is Brendan and I interview the host and they feel validated and important because they're not just holding the microphone. They're actually a part of the conversation, which is those Absolutely. are the podcasts I like. It's a conversation. So you mentioned because this has been a lot of conversations I've had with people recently about podcasting has kind of replaced shoot interviews. And the difference is RF video would be like, hey, can you come to the sketchy hotel room? We're going to put up this uh, vinyl backdrop and we'll pay you X amount, thousands of dollars to shit on everyone or we'll pump you full of drugs, whatever you're trying to get. And podcasting has replaced that and podcasting in the most part, it's free. So people don't realize how people make money or they think no one gets paid off of it, where people get paid if they do it well enough or if they value themselves. And you mentioned it with uh, the Good Brothers of I was asked, is X wrestler worth $100 for a podcast interview? And I told this person, I'm like, well, to be honest, you have to look at it kind of like a meet and greet. People pay like $50, $150, $250 to meet a celebrity and get a picture with them at a fan expo or a Comic-Con, where it's, are you willing to pay $100 to talk to this person for an hour? And like, legitimately, if I'm offered pretty much any top guy from the Attitude Era, if I'm offered Mick Foley, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kane, Undertaker, and I'm told it will cost this amount of money, depending if I'm able to get that amount of money, I would pay anything to talk to Kurt Angle or Stone Cold Steve Austin, especially for like an hour or an hour and a half, even if I'm never allowed to release a podcast, just to have a conversation with two guys I look up to. So I go for that where it's, so with the sponsorship and with other interviews, that's the stuff. It's A, the persistent, uh, consistent uh, messaging people. And then also sometimes they go, hey, it's this much, but I think the worst thing you could do to someone when they send a message is uh just read it and not send a message back because i feel like that's just like that's just unprofessional and it's just scummy kind of to do as opposed to hey sorry i'm not interested in this because that's let me down don't ghost me and be a little bitch i say that all the time i say i'd rather i'd rather you be negative and um you know whatever i i, I can yeah. take the negative i can take the the door slamming in my face but um, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. There's um, There was actually a post. Uh, I follow a lot of podcasters on Instagram. It's a great flow. I'm actually in a couple podcasting groups um, that are, are fantastic, except the one with Gillamy. No, <laughs> fuck that guy. No, I'm joking. Justin's <laughs> my boy. I love him. But um, uh, so I have, I have paid for interviews. I do one paid interview a month. Okay. And um, 
a lot of the interviews, I only started doing that recently. So um, just to give anybody a, a cliche, Chase Owens was paid for. Um, he said to me, the only reason I need that is because I'm on a contract from New Japan. Mm -hmm. I have to be paid for the time. And then we can talk about whatever you want. I was like, perfect. Cool. Uh, no problem. Just incredible. One of my like OG ECW, like I freaked out for that. That, And he's a legend. And I know his right now he's not working because of the pandemic. Yeah, I get it. If I can just float you, what's the difference between having a conversation with you for 45 minutes or I go and I pay a hundred dollars to take a picture with you and get an autograph. It's really the same thing. So there are a lot of Nick Aldis was paid for. Um, you know, that was, but to me, that was great. I got insulted on camera by Nick Aldis. I'll cherish that for the rest of my life. He literally looked at his phone and said, I got a call and I could see that there was nothing on the phone. I think it was even off. And I was like, you don't have a, you don't have a call. <laughs> but now that's a, that's a moment you have. That's, that's a moment. I, Nick Aldis was, I, and I'm going to release the interview as it is. Nick Aldis insulted me <laughs> in my own show and I fucking loved every minute of it. Full and, disclosure. Um, I'm probably going to take away the exact amounts that people charge. It'll be on the sure. raw podcast, sure. but for like sure. you just mentioning people because those are sometimes there are small podcasters. They're just starting out mm -hmm. and they'll look at you or me and see, Oh my God, they've done so many interviews. Oh my God. They've interviewed these people. And it's literally an unrealistic it's almost like body dysmorphia of like looking at models and being like oh that's how you should be and then you don't realize all of the uh all of the like bulimia and unhealthy habits that create this instagram perfection so it's like you being open with that that that's literally the reason on this podcast for anyone that wants to get into podcasting just be prepared that you have to speak put your wallet where your mouth is and it, at the end of the day it's do you feel there's value in this Right. And every interview that I interview, I feel that there is value and I won't mention any more numbers, but yes, without my sponsor, Gallows and Anderson was a big fee. Mm -hmm. And without my sponsor agreeing to it. And I, I was up front. I said, you know, Ray, this is what they're looking for. He's like, okay, do it. I'm like, are you sure, man? Like, that's a lot. He's like, do it. I got you. And I was like, okay, cool. And like I said, even though we parted ways now, I still consider Ray a friend. I haven't called him. So I'm kind of a shit friend. So I guess that's my fault. My bad, Ray, if you're watching, I still think you're great. Um, but like we parted ways respectfully and yeah. um, it was great. It was a great way to end 2020 and it was a great learning experience. And I'll, I'll say that again for the record, but I haven't, if you ask me how much I've made, I've made nothing. Yeah. I've sold maybe 20 t-shirts uh, through pro wrestling tees. And again, it's cause I don't have my own printing press. Mm -hmm. I don't have t-shirts in my car. I, I don't have the ability to do that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't do that anyways. I'm not going to yeah. go to a show where I'm meeting all of you guys and being like, Hey, you want to buy my t-shirt? If you want to buy my t-shirt, it's on ProWrestlingTees.com. Yeah. The prices are in U.S. funds. I make $7 to $8 yeah. a shirt, and it goes right back into the podcast for equipment. And again, I've only made 100 bucks, So everything else I paid for, I got a new webcam over Christmas. Uh, that was a gift card, Amazon. Thank yeah. you, Mom and Dad. <laughs> now I look so beautiful. And my new mic. That was what I bought myself with, again, gift cards or my own personal cash. I have made nothing off this. I spent a lot of days editing, and I have missed out on some family time. But my wife and my kids understand and they support. And um, my wife is one of the biggest supporters. Like there was the story. I always tell the story. That's when I'm sitting down with Anthony Corelli. And I, I, Anthony and I have met at a few shows. I've been to Battle Arts a thousand times. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a relationship. I called him one day on like a Tuesday. And I, it was before WrestleMania. And I finally got through. He picked up the phone. He's like, Battle Arts, Anthony Corelli. I'm like, hey, hey, buddy. Um, George from straight talk wrestling. I met you at the last show. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to hit you up. I'm really, really busy right now. I'm doing this WrestleMania thing. I'm going to be in New York. Um, but when I get back, I'm going to call you. I said, okay. He's like, here's my personal number. Take it. We'll text. 
So I texted him, whatever. He messages me at six o'clock the day after WrestleMania. He literally got back from his like WrestleMania weekend because he was there for some of the conventions and stuff. He's like, I got some time at 730 and it's like 645. I literally just went to bite my first bit of food. I looked over at my wife and my wife was like, why are you still here? Jacket, go do your shit. So I literally went, grabbed a bagel and a coffee on the way to Battle Arts and had a kick-ass hour-long conversation with Santino Morella. And that was a moment that I'll cherish. He gave me the time. He didn't want anything in return. He's just like, listen, this is the time I got. You want to take it, take it. And that's one of the things that I, I, I remember and I appreciate. And that's one of the things that keeps driving. Any opportunity that's come my way, I've taken it. There have been scheduling conflicts. Yeah. There have been dealing with... PR people that are just a nightmare. And like, I want to go back to the pro wrestling tees where you're like, I made a hundred dollars off of selling those shirts, but also like that's a hundred dollars more than someone that didn't do that hustle. They didn't print out shirts. They didn't put it up there. You're investing in yourself and you haven't made money off of podcasting, but that doesn't mean you haven't like fulfilled a drive and a determination and like have that validation that a lot of people don't have in their lives. And I think that's what, prevents growth from people they don't get told enough you're doing a good job especially when it's what you're supposed to do because people just don't want to award people for doing what you're supposed to do but there's so many people that don't do what they're supposed to do that it ignores the the good it's that when you only celebrate when something astonishing happens you don't get all those small victories and that's momentum, momentum, momentum. And you actually, uh, I want to bring up the fact, cause I don't think a lot of people know that about your broadcasting experience for school. Yes. I went to the Toronto film school, spent $25,000 on an education. And all I got to show for it was three indie music videos, <laughs> a short film that won an award that I never received because the film festival got canceled. Oh. But apparently I won best short or best, uh, <laughs> best director. I, I still haven't got the fucking award. Fucking Montreal After Dark Film Festival fuckers. <laughs> but um, yeah, apparently I won it. I got an email. I have the email somewhere. Probably <laughs> in my keep file in my archives. Um, but yeah, like I, I went to the Toronto Film School, uh, 18th month intensive program. I learned all about uh, television and broadcasting and uh, production. And, um, you know, I always wanted to do something like this. I've been a wrestling fan forever. And I, I kind of kicked myself for not starting it earlier than I did. But you can't live in, like, the one thing Mark Merrill, I learned from Mark Merrill is you can't live in time. You can only live in moments. So that was oh, a I moment that, that I wasn't supposed to do that. So that's fine. And I'm here now. And I've been doing it for, like I said, almost four years. And I, have I made a million dollars? No. Do I have a little bit of a fan base and a following? Yeah. I had a contest I ran just before December. And um, Daniel was the winner. Danielson, he's on. I love Danielson. Danielson, he's awesome. And we met up at a Tim Hortons, and it was during a very cold Saturday afternoon. And I had a coffee. He had a coffee. I gave him the shirt. We talked wrestling for like an hour. Yep. And that was cool. And if I if I have if I don't have another fan in my life to sit there and say that I I talked to him and he was super awesome. Uh, it was great. And the relationships that I built and the friendships that I built, and there's been negatives. Um, I posted a video, my, my interview with Chris Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. I did a play on words where I said, I've been calling myself the interview King, mm-hmm. but after this interview, I had to bow down to the King. It was a play <laughs> on words. Yeah. Uh, an homage to my boy, triple H and shouting out Chris Van Vliet for being like the interview King, the dude yeah. like everybody, this one guy who I guess had nothing better to do shit 
all over. It hadn't even dropped yet. There was like 12 messages. When I woke up the next day, I had to delete all the messages or block them. And he's like, who the fuck do you think you are? I don't know what your fucking shtick is. Are you supposed to be a fat, fatter version of Bubba Ray with a chain and this and that? And then I kept deleting the comments and he's like, oh, look at this fat fuck. He keeps deleting my comments. Well, yeah, dude, you're on my channel, my page that I oversee. And you're insulting my weight because you have nothing better to do. Yep. I had a whole message typed out because I could be very vindictive and hurtful with my words. Same, same, very I had a much whole message same. Typed out we're like, <laughs> listen, bud, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to transfer you $1,000. I want you to go to your nearest street corner and buy yourself a shotgun and one bullet. I want you to go up to your house and cook yourself a shitty ass steak while you jerk off of the barbecue sauce. Then I want you to insert the shotgun into your mouth, bite down and pull the trigger. Do the world a favor because you're sucking up the air. But then I sat back and I thought to myself, me three years ago, I would have found out where the guy lived and knocked his teeth down his yep. throat. But I discovered something in myself a couple of years ago that I'm not okay. I have some instabilities. I have mm-hmm. some anger issues and I needed to correct them. And it took my wife to sit me down straight because it was affecting our marriage because yeah, yeah. my frustration was getting the best of me. So what did I do? I got help. Yeah. I've been doing therapy for two years. Uh, her name is Andrea. She's fantastic. She listens. She understands. She's given me tips to control myself. So the guy you're looking at now, as as adorable as I am, this took a lot of work. And I'm proud of who I am now. Who I was three years ago was a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. And I can admit that fully. And thank God you didn't know the guy three years ago. You only met him a year into the working, (laughs) to the rebuild, the rebrand, if you will. And um, it, it it was a hard thing to swallow when especially your your life partner of 15 years at that time is Mm -hmm. telling you that i'm not happy anymore because i feel like you're just you're just dragging me down yeah so i i sought the help and i changed and i'm better for it so in that transition this happened and i promptly deleted my comments yep i deleted all his comments and i blocked it was it cowardly think whatever the hell you want but to me it was something i needed for my mental health because it proved to me that I could get into a confrontation and I, whoever that guy is, maybe he's a fan of yours and maybe he's watching. I Uh hope you're okay. And if you're not feel free to DM me because I want to help you get okay. Because if at midnight on a Saturday, you're going to sit there and berate one guy because he did a play on words to try to just have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And you also didn't put yourself over. You literally made it a joke and then put over someone else. Exactly. I said, I called myself the king, but I had to bow after this interview. I had to bow down to the king. 100%. And, and and that interview too was great up until the point I told Chris Van Vliet that I don't dig the quarter chicken. I do the (laughs) wraps at Swish LA. And he even, when he did the five questions with my daughter, he was still on that. He was still like, how do you feel about the sauce? You good with the chalet uh, sauce? Listen, I, I, I eat the wraps. Okay. I love the wraps and I dunk the wraps okay. in the sauce. Okay. 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 But I just, I can't do the quarter chicken or the half chicken. It's not my, I can't, I need the chicken to be with the lettuce and the bacon. I'm not going to, here's the, this might make me seem like a pussy or a coward, but like, I'm not a fan of bones in my food. I don't want difficulty when I'm eating. We're both bigger dudes. We just want to eat our fucking food. I eat. <laughs> yeah. How many times have you been into food and like, cartilage or like a piece of bone and you're like oh what the fuck like imagine how many bones we've actually digested that we didn't realize just because we're big dudes okay chicken wings you know like the wing part of the chicken wing you know there's that little small bone yeah i've sometimes forgotten that bone is there (laughs) i've bitten it because i think it's like a drumstick okay yeah yeah side of it and then i'm like oh man and i bite hard and i can feel the bone snap and i go oh 
And then you're in your mouth and you're trying to get the bone out and you're trying to get the other bone out and then you're hacking. And then it's like, <laughs> fuck, this is no fun. So now what I do with the wing, my wife knows I don't eat the wing. I eat the drumsticks. I leave the wings for her and the kids because mm-hmm. they like to eat around. They have the detail and the pick. Fuck that. Just give me the drumstick. <laughs> I have my four bites and I'm done. I don't like bone. So maybe that's the reason I should have led with that because maybe Chris would have been okay. So Chris, if you're watching this, I do like the chicken. I just don't like it with the bones. It's the truth, bro. I know you're a Swiss chalet guy and I don't know why Swiss chalet is not sponsoring you because with your good looks and appeal, they should, but they aren't. And I'm sorry about that, but I do dig on the chalet sauce. But I just can't do the quarter. I'm sorry, Chris Van Vliet. Don't hate me. I, I think you're great. You're my best. You're one of my best friends. I love you. Uh, like, but you mentioning because once again, I want to talk about the lows and that when I say I'm very similar to, I I used to be the person that said, "Well, fuck you if you don't want to be on my side, go fuck yourself." Where it's now. I'm a little better with my words. You can see it in my long posts that I put up that I, I seem a little more eloquent because it's literally all I do is think and it's thinking why I don't just react. And so literally an experience that was very similar to this one dude. And in his world, he thinks he won. But the thing is, you're the one actually doing something you love. You're the one that's doing. If you're constantly seeing negativity or like if you're, if you dislike people that are anti-maskers or you think COVID's a conspiracy theory or you hate those types of people, the reason why you see all those posts is because you comment on it or you angry react. So the algorithm goes, oh, you're interacting with it. They don't care if it's positive or negative. It's interaction. That's why I, anytime I see dumb stuff like that. I, is that why I see a lot of dick enlargement pills? I should probably stop doing that, eh? Probably, probably stop okay. searching how to make my dick bigger. Okay. <laughs> I tried to get a cock pump, but I ended up just using it to enlarge hot dogs so I could get more out of the hot dog. And not to fuck it, to eat it. No, no, no. Like, I'm I'm, I'm jealous. I'm like, oh, right. fuck. I can get right. more hot dog, huh? You don't uh, need to buy the footlongs from fucking Costco. Just we'll buy make the- our own. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, I want to also talk about your infatuation because I always ask like about quotes and music that keep you going. But yours was a movie. All dogs go to heaven. I legitimately have it downloaded. Was going to watch it before the interview, but I had to sleep. So on when this podcast is released, I'm going to do a bonus tag at the end of it of my review of all dogs go to heaven. So why is that? your favorite and most like motivational movie you know what it's 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 one of my actually i have five so i'm gonna give you the five in no particular order but we'll talk all dogs go to heaven um when i was a kid and my dog was um was going through some stuff my first dog that i had he was going through a lot broke up with his girlfriend uh (laughs) you know what there was a cat down the street he was conflicted (laughs) uh didn't know what to do or how to how to really feel that he was digging on the cat (laughs) And didn't want his dog friends to find out. No, but he was up. There were some health issues there with the dog. And I remember um, early on and I remember uh, watching that movie and I'd watched it before, but it just it hit home. Mm -hmm. And I was I was actually 17 or 18. And um, he was he was 13 or 14 at the time. And he was uh, he was close to passing away. And I'd never experienced death up until this point. I only one other person passed away, which was my no, no. And we were very, very close to me and him. And I still, it still weighs heavy on me uh, a lot. But I was watching that movie and it was just on TV. I didn't pop in the VHS. Oh my God, I made you myself VHS. If you don't know what it is, Google it. I'm not going to explain it. Uh, what did you play VHS tapes in? A VCR. 
See, here's the thing. You said VHS, you said VCR. So many people forget VHS is the name of the cassette tape and a VCR is the name because they'll go, oh, a VCR tape or, uh, oh, I used to have that on like a VHS player. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> uh, that's why I'm like, what What do you call it? <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You got And I answered correctly. I didn't yeah. fall for it. I didn't fall for it. So I, I got it. Congratulations. But I watched that movie. It was on TV. And um, I, was, I was like, this is so, why, this is such a lame cartoon. And then I watched it. And then it, I looked over at my dog and I saw the pain he was going through. And then that movie kind of resonated with me. And what I loved about it the most was that it was kind of the first things. And I, I whatever, I was 18. So say what you want. You should have known this early on in life. But again, I'd never experienced yep. much of, of loss up to this point. And at the end, when the dog hugs a little girl and then he goes up and I realized it, it's like that song, um, uh, which came out much years later, which was, um, uh, the song when Paul Walker passed away from Fast Seven, you know the see chorus. You again. Is, see you again, right? It's like it's been a long day without you, my friend. I'll tell you all about it when I see you again. Yeah, the road's long, but I'll find my way, and I'll, I'll I'm gonna see you again. And that that was the thing. I realized at that moment, it's not goodbye. It's just I'm gonna see you again. Yeah. So when it's my time, I'm gonna go up there, and there's gonna be my first dog, Rascal, my second dog, Hunter, proudly named after Triple H. <laughs> And they're both going to be there wagging their tails. And I'm going to walk into the pearly gates with them. And behind the gates, uh, sorry, is going to be my grandfather. And that's that's the coolest part about it all. And that's 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 what kind of stuck with me. But other motivational or favorite movies of all time, uh, Reservoir Dogs. I faked home sick when I was nine years old to watch that movie. And I uh, love sorry. the story of Reservoir Dogs. And yeah, thank the, you very much for being open. Where thank you. Uh, no I could see how hard that was, but I, I also appreciate that. That's why I said, like, I'm glad we did this chat now, where it's the mm. other one was very much me and you haven't seen each other in a while. Let's bullshit. And this is <laughs> this is the stuff. I, I pride myself on my podcast being a little more serious and heavy because we need i we feel need like you're outlets. that sports cut you're that sportscaster from uh jerry mcguire that uh when cuba goodings jr is trying not to cry he's like nope you're not gonna give it to it jerry you're not gonna give it to it <laughs> but uh yeah it's that uh i thank you for being so open about all that so yeah, I, but those uh with reservoir dogs like that dude created that by himself that was almost diy like that like the story and everything that's awesome well, the, the great thing about that story is, and I'm like, I'm a Tarantino freak. So um, I did do a pro, I did projects on him in school. And he was uh, the, the rewind guy at Blockbuster. There was literally a guy that got paid four bucks an hour to rewind movies. And when he rewound them, he watched them. So he watched every movie in reverse. And that's where he learned the format of nonlinear storytelling. There's linear, which goes A to B. And then there's nonlinear, which jumps all over the pace, which he is like one of the kings for. He's done it very well, like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. He's done it not so well, like Death Proof. That's all I'm going to say. We're going to leave it alone. Actually, and uh, Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Was oh, actually, I'm, I'm so sorry. I got to I gotta point this out before someone else points me out. I got Reservoir Dogs. I love fucking Reservoir Dogs. That was the first Quinn Tarantino as my cat's uh, trying to make sure his presence is known. Uh, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, Reservoir Dogs was the first Quinn Tarantino movie that I, I watched and understood what was going on. It wasn't just right. a movie. Right. I was actually thinking of, uh, fuck, there's another uh, dog movie that involves like two brothers that like end up like murdering people and it has something to do with like religious overtones william uh, defoe are you talking about it. saints uh, uh boondock yeah. saints boondock saints that's what i got confused yeah, yeah. before where that was very diy you, and it was boondock in... saints is badass yeah. at the beginning that prayer 
And yes. we shall be the three for three. We yes. will fight. We will be. And I they, love that movie. And that dude, that's the dude that I was talking about, about like betting on himself and uh, creating that. But he was highly, that's why I got confused with fucking Quentin Tarantino yeah, no, for the that, fact that, that he was crazy. Like yeah. the first Boondock Saints was sexy and dirty. The second one was pretty good. The third one, he's been fighting, but he won't. But one of the actors is like, I'm done. Uh, I'm Sean done. Flaherty is like 60 now. And he's like, I'm not. No, I can't. I won't. I'm not. <laughs> no, no. So but back but, yeah, to Quentin. No, Dog Saints is also kick ass. But yeah, Reservoir Dogs, that kind of changed my life. Um, another great one is I love my sports movies and my sports metaphors. Uh, Remember the Titans. That's another great motivational film of mine. And uh, I'm a glutton for violence and gore. So um, yeah, I definitely gonna have to say Nightmare on Elm Street because Fetty Kruger is the shit. <laughs> and um, as something that's just completely uplifting and makes you just appreciate life. Uh, everybody has a chick flick and I have mine and fuck. Yeah. Nicholas Sparks, a walk to remember baby all okay. day long. I-, I got two chick flicks. I got mean girls, which I think is more of like a comedy movie and uh, less chick flicky, but like fault in our stars fucks me up. I-, I went to work early and I worked at Cineplex and I just went to work early. So I was playing. So I went into the theater. I'm watching it and I'm in the back and I'm like, I'm going to laugh at this. And I'm just going to be shit. And then, like, I almost cried. And now, like, every maybe once a year, at least, I watch it. And, like, I think that's what people don't fully understand. It's I don't I don't pretend to be a tough guy wrestler. I let my fucking work speak for itself and my promos of being... They think I like horror movies. I'm a fucking pussy. I don't like horror movies at all. I, I don't want shit popping out of me. Like, I enjoyed The Conjuring, but I almost pissed myself every goddamn time. <laughs> I've never watched The Exorcist. Fuck horror movies, but I'm inspired by true crime. Like, uh, the the biggest thing that influenced my promos is, the. do you remember Bjork Stalker? Yes. Did you ever watch the video that he did? Yes. Where he puts, he shaves his head, puts face paint on, and then puts a gun to his head and murders himself. Yep. That's what inspires my fucking videos. Like, people don't realize that. that's okay. That's okay, because that's cool. You're like my wife. My wife can't watch a horror movie to shave her life, but then she'll sit there and we'll watch fucking... Uh, oh, the Night Stalker on fucking Netflix. And you know yep. what the fucked up thing was? For like a week and a half, I'm checking to make sure all the windows are locked. Yep. I'm sitting there like it fucked me. It legitimately fucked me up. And like, like I, I tell her, I go, I don't understand. You can watch like real life fucking psychos do shit. And it's cool. But I want to throw on Halloween. And all of a sudden, I'm a bad person. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. But it, it, that's and that's the that's the that's the ongoing battle with that stuff. But I'm a, I, I like all movies. There's only one movie. Um, two movies I will shit on on a regular basis. And one of them is my mom's fault. And the other one is my wife's fault. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to mention the titles and I don't want to talk about them because I'll <laughs> shit all over them. We'll be here for another hour. Um, okay. Time Traveler's Wife. Stupid. Fuck that. That's my mom's fault. Bullshit movie. Don't watch it. It's garbage. Makes I no did sense. watch it. I agree with your opinion. I I, I just no couldn't. Sense. I couldn't get into it. He's just going back to fuck a younger version of his wife. He's kind of cheating on the fact she's getting old. Like, fuck you, dude. Whatever. You're an idiot. You played Hulk once and it was a shitty version of it. Um, <laughs> the second movie, again, is my my wife's and it's just god awful. Actually, any movie with Jennifer Lopez. I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, sorry. The, the one in particular that I can't stand is enough. I've had enough of the movie enough. I, I, I was the, forced I, to watch that one out. I support the premise. I understand why it's a story that needs to be told because a lot of women go through that. And that lady had had enough, but there are so many more talented actresses that could have done that role. And you had to go with JLo 
Why? Because at the time she was Jenny from the block. She has a little now. She has a lot, but she never forgot where she came from. Bullshit. She hasn't done anything for her community in the South Bronx. And I know this because I know some podcasters who live in the same fucking area and JLo has done fucking shit. So fuck you and your high horse, Jennifer Lopez, because you've done nothing. You are not Jenny from the block. The minute you got out, you got out. I, I, I agree with you because every now and then like a Jennifer Lopez song will come on shuffle on my Spotify. And I'm just like, I'm indifferent towards JLo. Like I, I can't name a song I, I love. And I'm just like, huh. Interesting. You know what songs I like of JLo when they end. <laughs> the next song. The next song after <laughs> JLo. Okay. That's the songs I like of, of JLo. But yeah, those are my like my inspirational films and stuff like that. And do and you have a movie in you? A movie in me? Yeah, you went to film school. Do you have that uh that plot in your mind of like if you were to write one movie and I wrote a movie? It? I wrote a movie and I filmed it, a full full-length feature film. I called it Eternal Redemption. Okay. So it's a story of a young man who's a drug dealer who runs a crew of five guys and he has certain rules to live by. Don't steal from him. Don't take from, don't, you know, get high on your own supply mm -hmm. and don't look, touch or breathe or go anywhere near his sister. Break any of these three rules and he will kill you. And then the uh, movie takes place. And then the movie takes place. And so there's the brother and his sister. And he ends up getting attacked by one of the junkies that he supplies. And this new kid who moves to the neighborhood saves him. And he invites the new kid to join his crew because he has a spot opening up because one of the guys in the crew broke a rule. Mm -hmm. So they kill that guy. He actually makes the new guy kill the old guy. Yeah. And at that point, after he's killed somebody and he's laying there on his deck, which I didn't really think this through, his sister walks out and is like, hey, guys, what's up? And he tells the guy fuck you, don't go anywhere near his sister. But they start dating behind his back. And he yeah. catches them. But because he has so much respect for the new guy, he lets it go. Is this available anywhere? No, it's not. I have one DVD copy in my house. I can lend it to you. I played the lead actor as well as I directed it and I wrote it. Let's do, not uh, when the pandemic uh, evens out a little bit, uh, we'll do some sort of Patreon cool like watch along kind of thing. Done, done. Absolutely. I would I would love to do that so people could see my my crowning uh, achievement. Plus, I do have a couple short films that I did as well. But um, we'll do so, a little George Micaiah Film Festival day. That's right. And, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll finally get that fucking award for that one movie that I fucked. Jesus, I'm still bitter about it. I really am I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You need to remember those small things because that makes you not forget. That makes you not get taken advantage of in the future. But even the fact that you can appreciate you won the award. It's a funny story that the the show was canceled and you didn't actually get this prize. I didn't get it. I didn't get the, it. The story's better this way. Yeah, it's true. One day I'm just going to make myself my own trophy and be like, finally, I got it. It's here. <laughs> so long story short, the guy ends up raping his sister. Wow. And then he ends up taking his crew and turning them on the brother. Mm -hmm. And the brother ends up going into a coma for like, I thought this was a long period of time, like two weeks. And then he wakes up. And he has to learn to walk and all that stuff again. But he does it really quick because he's super yeah. cool. And he goes and he gets these like six shooter guns because that's all they had at the dollar store. I didn't have any real guns. <laughs> and then he goes knocking off everyone in the gang one by one till the ultimate face off with the bad guy. And then at the end, he gets his eternal redemption. And that, that was the story. It was about, I don't know, it was about an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, and my wife plays my girlfriend because i didn't want anybody to fucking kiss my girlfriend <laughs> fair fair that's my wife my girlfriend and that that's us in our younger days when i had way more hair 
It's I can crazy. relate. I can relate. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you. But yeah, that uh, that was the uh, that was kind of like my crowning achievement. I actually had to make that movie to get into the film school because mm-hmm. back in the day, oh. it wasn't just a free trade. You had to actually make something. So I had to yeah. actually make that film and send in a rough like cut of it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I ended up getting accepted and getting a little bit of a scholarship for like a grant. So it was fun. And um, like I said, had I had I not pursued it, had I pursued it more, I probably would have got something out of it. But in Canada, it's hard to make it in that. And at the time when I was going through it. Uh, and I was doing my music videos and stuff. We just got married and we were expecting our first daughter. So it was like, hmm, keep chasing a dream that may not come or be a man, step up and get a job. So I, I did. I got a, my forklift license. I got my forklift job and I, I worked my way up. And now I'm a dispatcher. So And here's the thing, though. You didn't quit. You put it on the back burner. It was still right. there. And you're not pro- you're not filming things and producing it that way. But you're still producing content. You're still doing something. Your your life situation changed but you still kept that drive because my, I always bring up because I work with a lot of people that are middle aged and older. Where I look at them, I'm like, there has to be a reason me and you are in the same situation right now, and you're 20, 30, 40 years older than me. And uh, I just talk to them, and my belief is, if you have a child before you're like 22, you have now committed next 18 years of your life to that kid. You might not be able to travel as much. You might not be able to pursue every dream that you wanted. You can still learn a new language. You can learn a new skill. And then when that kid turns 18, go, hey, asshole, pay rent, go to college, whatever. I'm going to travel to Europe for the next two months. You're on your own. You you better know how to do your goddamn laundry. And like, that's where maybe, and on the opposite hand, if you didn't, because I, I always refer to having a child as having an accident or screwing up where that's just my mindset though, of where like most of them are to be honest. And I think that's why a lot of people don't pursue podcasting or a field of entertainment because Oh, one in a million, there's a lot of millions in seven and a half billion, but they don't notice that, but it's where it's, you did have the miscarriage. So I don't want this to come off as rude or anything, but it is like one of the metaphors in my mind of people think that they can be a parent because it's harder not to have a child than it is to have one. Like, oh, we don't have a condom. Don't worry, I'll pull out. Pre-cum isn't a myth. That still happens. Babies are still born where I'm not a rocket scientist, but if you finish in the butter in the mouth or on the back, like those aren't connected to the ovaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, no, you're right. It's I, I love having friends that are... 16 18 years old and they can look up to me of like oh i'm gonna do shit but that's i look up to guys like you guys like kingdom guys like lewis that are older than me and still pursuing and chasing because when you don't have these people in your life you don't have those influences you don't have those examples you just go around and you see everyone walking around like zombies and you think that's your only option where it's fucking roddy piper putting the glasses on and seeing uh for that so it's like oh no, I, I, I completely agree with you. And thank you for comparing me to Kingdom because I love Kingdom. I think he's awesome. Uh, putting me and Lewis in the same bracket is an insult because I am 20 years younger than Lewis. You're so only I, five. You're only like five years younger than Kingdom. I put you all there because you're older than me. Okay, that, that, that's fine. <laughs> like I said, putting me and Kingdom in the same bracket, that's fine. But Lewis is is almost going to get that senior citizen discount. Don't get me wrong. He's my podcast life partner. And without him, MLW Rewind would not exist. I came up with a name because I'm younger and hipper. He wanted it to be the MLW Review. That sounds horrible. MLW Rewind, baby. Let's rewind it. Let's bring it back and discuss it. And um, collaboration. Fight all the collaboration. Time. Right. But we fight. If you watch the show, we fight all the time. <laughs> like, that's all we do is fight. And there's been a lot of times where it's been like, some of it gets heated. 
There's one time when he called me son and right on camera, I was like, don't, don't ever call me son. <laughs> I will, I will drive to Windsor and I will smack you with baby powder in my hand. Don't you ever fucking call me son. And after we got off, he texted me. He's like, bro, I'm sorry, man. I, I didn't mean to take it that far. It's like, Lewis is cool. Emotions got the best of us yeah. today. But there, there was a couple of times where every time he would message me for the longest time, he would message me and I would just give him the middle finger emoji. There would be no other responses for me, but the middle <laughs> finger emoji. And then this guy, this is how old he is. He discovered it one day and he's like, oh my God, I can now do it back to you. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, oh my God. That's I'm like, dude, you are so old. Yeah. It's like, it's right there next to the fist pump. You yeah. can't mention it. It's like the it. little grandpa. It's like the oh, grandpa yeah. figuring it out. Well, fuck, even today, like I posted, I was so excited. I got my swatches from, uh, I was part of the Impact uh, Celebration. It was an online virtual thing. We got to ask Sweet. questions and stuff like that. And I got my t-shirt finally, and I got my swatches. And one of them was from Deanna Paratu. And I'm a big fan of women's wrestling. You know that if you yeah. watch, listen to the show, I love and shout out women's wrestling as far as possible because all the females in this business are fantastically talented. And I got it. So I shared. I'm like, oh, my God, I got Deanna Paratu. Maybe one day I'll get her on the show. He takes a screenshot of my Twitter post, texted it to me and goes, oh, think you're fucking cool because you got Deanna? <laughs> I was like, no, asshole. I think it's cool because I got an awesome autograph. So instead of you being like a bitter old man, why don't you just say that's pretty cool, George? <laughs> so then he responds back, yeah, that, that, that is pretty cool. Thank you. That, that's, those are those hard conversations that like, I think the best relationships involve shitting on each other. Like I just called you old and like, <laughs> we're just like, we're able to rib on each other because that's that negativity of people like thinking that everything negative is bad. It's like, no, that's just how it's a thick skin kind of thing. It's punching your buddy in the arm. And you're like, that's fucking hard. And he punches you. You're like, okay, maybe we don't do that anymore. I can't feel my fucking arm. <laughs> and and that's where, where other people who are bullies, like that isn't bullying. That's fucking joking back and forth with your buddy. And then when you go too far, you realize it. And instead of running away from it and going, well, I'm not going to deal with this idiot again. It's like, no, have those uh, tough conversations. And uh, this whole chat has been really great. Thank you so much for being on it. Uh, no what would you leave someone with of like, maybe it's like a quote or a mindset thing that you, uh, you go about every day and then a song to end this and uh, all your plugs, all your different podcasts, your YouTube channels, your Twitter, everything. Uh, a quote. I, it's kind of quote I, I gave myself. I thought of this a couple of weeks ago and I, I have it written down on my phone, but it's something I, I kind of keep to memory. And it's um, life is like a flat line on a, on a machine. You can see your heartbeat going up and down. It's highs, it's lows, it's peaks and valleys, whatever you want to call it. You're going to have those ultimate highs where everything feels like it's falling into place and everything's perfect. And then you're going to have those dark days where you don't know what's going to happen. And it's easy to close your eyes and, and want to never wake up or do something, but don't. Because once you climb up that hill again, the view is so much better. And for somebody who's lived peaks and valleys, ups and downs, didn't really have the strongest childhood uh, from family and personal pressures, uh, found a woman who saved him. And I say this all the time, my wife saved me. So keep the peaks and the valleys up because it makes you who you are. And at the end of the day, when you get through that flat line and you're at that final hill right before you get called home, you'll know. If you climbed all those valleys, you'll know it was worth it. So keep your heads up for sure. A song, like you mean like my all-time favorite song? Something that like pumps you up of like you're, uh, maybe you're a little down or something, you hear it and it's just like, all right, cool. I'm back in the mood. I'm not feeling pity for myself anymore. Like legitimately, like what's funny is you mentioned Triple H so much. I, I jokingly mentioned to someone about, 
my platform in wrestling and I am seen more as a leader now because not only am I a good wrestler, I'm a good person, which is normally not, which is normally not a good intersection that happens very often. And so like I had to, during the pandemic, I think I proved how much worth I have in wrestling of anyone that ever doubted me because I started in 2014 where it's like, I ran that Indiegogo highly successful. I, I ran a show. Like there's literally, if anyone looks at me and I just offer a critique or I offer an idea, they can't say, well, what proof do you have, Brendan? Have you ever done this? I'm like, well, yeah, I've wrestled five minute openers. I've wrestled 60 minute Ironman matches. I've promoted shows. I've not lost money on shows and produced it free for everyone. I, and I have a Patreon that's successful. I do this. I do that where it's like, no one can, pick a piece of me and go, well, what, a, oh, fuck, what, what about, so like that of that validation and stuff of just like, but I mentioned because I'm taking more of a leadership role, you kind of have to be a bit of an asshole. And it's, I post on my Instagram story, wrestling, unfortunately, blackballing is a fear, but doesn't actually happen. We're seeing people that were implicated in the speaking out movement that are still making money in wrestling. And they're just not mentioned and is trying to hide it where it's, no, like I'm consciously, if you see me on a show and you constantly see me on shows that other people aren't are, are on and I'm not, it's probably because I don't want to be in the same building as them. And I jokingly told kingdom. I'm like, if I ever get anyone unbooked from a show, I think I'm just going to post on my Instagram story, the King of Kings with uh, the Lemmy intro of just like a, like a joking, like triple H burial kind of thing. So like, but like, I love that when it comes up, I'm more of a fan of the, my time is now triple H theme of the right after China, where like, even the song is like, tell me where China is now. So like, it could be anything that motivates you. Uh, for me, straight up, uh, uh, waiting for Superman by Chris Daughtry. Okay. That track gets me going. That track gets me going. I, uh, I actually, that's one of the songs that I, I could be, it, it starts off very mellow, but it, it has a positive message. And uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, you're going to have those challenges, but you got to rise above it. So waiting for Superman, Chris Daughtry, that's still on my playlist. It's actually number one song on my playlist. How I start my drive every morning. And that's, I only usually get through like five or six songs before I get to work. So that one always plays consistently. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that song gets me going. I got it in my head right now, actually. I love it. <laughs> Dig Love it. it. So all your plugs, all your different podcasts, all your social uh, outlets. Well, uh, what can I say? I mean, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. Second time around. First time was just a bullshit conversation. I think I insulted my own ears or something like that. I, I definitely talked that. about jerking off for the first time we in did. front yeah, of uh, my living room window. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we <laughs> did talk about that. That's right. I remember that. But um, hopefully after this, after you wrap up, I'll get I'll see one of those awesome Facebook posts of being like the, the Brendan Caulfield Facebook post will be like, man, just had an awesome conversation with my friend George. I saw that the other day. I was like, man, I hope I get one of those posts. I hope we get a Brandon shout. I never get a branded. I don't even get a Brandon retweet when I tag you and shit. Here, here's the thing. So if I don't listen to the interview and it has someone in it, I do not want to endorse it just for the fact that I'll get a DM or something that I don't want the off chance that someone did something and I'm endorsing that. That's why if you just do the MLW rewind that I don't even listen to those podcasts because I'm more of a conversation guy and like, I, I that is just like wrestling isn't a hundred percent right now, so I don't need to fully know what's going on everywhere. But I right. appreciate the hustle. So when you guys do the show and it doesn't have a guest, I'll retweet that because I know I like you two. It's like when you have a Rich Holiday on or someone that I don't a hundred percent know, 
I don't want to put my name on something where it's like, oh, well, this person did this once. I'm like, well, I didn't fucking know. How am I supposed to fucking know? So that's the <laughs> no okay. bull. That's the no bullshit reason when I don't uh, retweet I get stuff. It. I get it. I just thought for a second. I'm like, fuck, he retweets Lewis's shit all the time. He doesn't retweet any of my stuff. Like, what did I do? Am I, is he upset? I was going to message you the other day and be like, hey, man. Do you hate me because I have more hair than you? Like, what happened? There's sometimes when you when you do the quote tweet and you tag all the accounts and stuff. Yes, it, it fucks me up because I'm trying to retweet the video. But also, if you start screen recording that video, I of know. the quality looks a little more. Yeah. But like, here's the thing. Now, now you know going forward, this is how to do it instead of someone just saying. Because I was even told this where, if my podcast when i first started doing this version of the podcast mm-hmm. i did it in the vans after cars or after uh after shows because everyone's exhausted and my favorite brendan is exhausted brendan because i don't give a fuck at that point i don't have a filter i'm too tired and exhausted that that's where my feelings about certain people will come out and I was like, oh, I want to do that with wrestlers of like, these are the conversations that you don't get. And then the pandemic hit. So it became more of a catching up with people. And then all the social issues happened. I'm just like, there's more important stuff in the world for people to digest. And then I got back in the rhythm. And then literally it wasn't until the last seven interviews that I developed this feat, uh, this theme where literally I have a notebook of questions of things I get to, and I never get to everything because everyone's always different, but I, it's because I'm a good podcaster. Cause I listen and mm-hmm. I follow, well, what are you saying? Okay. Here instead of, oh yeah. So you went to film school. Okay. So why do you do a podcast now? Like those, those just seem disingenuous and like robotic. But the thing is, you need to have those moments to Mm. develop, to be good, to be comfortable. You need to be uncomfortable. No one knows how to swim as soon as they're thrown in a fucking pool. Just get those questions and then 10,000 hours. Firm believer in that. Absolutely. I'm the same way. I have a, I have an, an, on my phone, I have the notes. I have my questions up or points I want to hit. And if I feel the episode's not going where it goes, I'll address a point, but I know the answer is going to come. And you'll ne- you'll see me if you watch any of my interviews. My eyes are always focused on the person because mm-hmm. I never want to take my eyes off because you're the whole reason that I'm here. Yeah. I'm going to pay you all the attention, and that's it. So uh, let's get back to my socials because yes. uh, I know you want to go. I can see it in your I, eyes. You I want you to go because uh, we're going towards your bedtime soon. That's true. Oh, I, yeah, but you know, Lewis is already in bed. He's been in bed for an hour and a half. I'm just saying. That, yep, okay? Lewis is asleep. Lewis is long asleep. So speaking of Lewis, I do an awesome show with my podcast life partner, a bitter <laughs> old man, the second oldest man on the planet, Lewis Carlin. We do it every Sunday. It's called the MLW Rewind, where we talk everything Major League Wrestling. We talk about the previous week. We also sometimes do have wrestlers from MLW on the show. We've been very lucky and blessed with who we've had. From Alicia Altu to Richard Holiday twice to Myron Reed to my new favorite guy, Gringo Loco. Oh, my uh, God. He's so the best. He is awesome. So if you haven't checked out those interviews, please do. I did the one with Gringo uh, by myself because Lewis had a bedtime. And it was the best interview that we've done because <laughs> Lewis was not there. Ruining everything <laughs> with his just old, old, old persona <laughs> and my personal show is called straight talk wrestling i uh, catch it again every thursday on all available podcast platforms at 5 30 uh the youtube videos go up at 6 15 it's the same file on the audio just you get to see my beautiful face and also who i'm interviewing's beautiful face and then i have my daughter the future of podcasting the interview princess the mini host she drops the five questions every saturday uh brandon holden has been a part of one alexi nicole's been on there we've got some great guests upcoming and all my socials are simple at underscore straight talk on twitter straight talk wrestling on instagram and facebook youtube is also straight talk wrestling where i post the mlw rewind 
as well as all my stuff. And my pro wrestling tees, in case you want to support, is prowrestlingtees.com slash straight talk wrestling. I think that's everything. I don't have a Patreon. And uh, I had a LinkedIn, but I wasn't getting any traction, so I deleted that. It's more of a business <laughs> thing. People say you should post podcasts on there. And I'm not going to do Tumblr because I don't need a blog. So, yeah, Tumblr, yeah. Uh, Tumblr went out of style December 17th, 2018 when they uh, when they got rid of porn. Sorry, that date, it's still... I might get a tattoo about that date because, like, that was my... <laughs> R.I.P. 2018. Dude, dude, fucking first Craigslist took away the personal section, and I wasn't getting my dick sucked through the personal section. I just enjoyed reading the fucking personal... Oh, I did, too. I'm not going to lie. Some of the... I'm going to uh, do a little cheap plug for the Patreon myself for the fact that... The last Friday of every month, we do like a watch long. We hop into Zoom chat, just bullshit around. And uh, safety Travis was in there and he's like, hold on a second. I'm just going to uh, I'll be back. And I just offhandedly said, oh, he's going to go take a shit. And he's like, fuck, how did you know? And then so he goes <laughs> offline for a little bit. We're all talking in between watching a couple matches and then he gets stuck and he can't get in properly in the group chat again. Then he finally gets in. <laughs> And the man looks like he was violated. He looks like he was probed by aliens. <laughs> he just looks like he took the biggest dab hit ever. And then what happens is you hear in the background him just go, watch out before you go in there. And you hear his dad in the background go into the washroom. And he just goes, holy fuck, bud. <laughs> and we all just pop. So like that's join the Patreon. You get to be in these Zoom conversations. And you mentioned earlier of wanting to reach out to people. I'm one of the people that literally Spencer Love, interviewer from out west. Me and him were supposed to do a podcast Friday night, and we ended up just talking for 90 minutes. Me and Justin, he just said, Hey man, to try to check on me. And it turned out checking on him, like literally those great chats. I don't record those great chats. Like I'm going to share this and especially because I enjoy it so much. It's going on the Patreon the fastest than anything ever has. And literally I'm going to like create the artwork, put on my Instagram story. And it was a good podcast, but like if you ever have doubts or random things and like you just need an outside perspective of like if your opinion is right because sometimes we poison ourselves sometimes we have that self-doubt don't be a stranger you have my number text me it doesn't need to be recorded it could just be a video chat like this and i'll be slightly high in a bathrobe but i'll be there for you and you know what I might take you up on that. Actually, I will yeah, take you up on that dude, 100%. Anytime. Like I said, I've known you for two years, and I consider you one of my very good friends. And um, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have met all the amazing people that I've met. And uh, I credit that to you because you Thank were you. one of the first indie guys that actually gave me a shot and was like, hell yeah, let's do it. And it was a growth from there. Hey, you still you use that guy. level up question of how I see my progression. I do. I steal it all the time. I, I, I give you credit every time I steal it, but I say, I, I, I blatantly told you in the interview, you can go back and watch that one or listen to it because we didn't have video at the time. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm stealing that question. And I did. I level up moments and I, I pull it out all the time, much like the defining moment. I only pull them out for special guests. Yeah special well-deserved and side note that island that you mentioned about the people who are like four foot one yeah when alexia nicole retires is she going to go there too i think she was adopted from there but the, her family doesn't want to okay. tell her okay shout, shout out to the, the shout out to the bubblegum princess she's <laughs> she's one of my homies as well yeah. i always enjoy these short jokes and uh <laughs> I, 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 she is one of the best talents in the world next to everybody else that's amazing in this city and this country well, well, thank you, because I like to bring up to people of promote what you love and especially like at this level, 
share it. And that's where you're even like, you feel bad sharing it because you don't want to lose it. But if you love something, let it go, let it grow. And that's the thing of you, even being a dad, you can't protect, you can't bubble wrap your children. They're, you're going to tell them the stove is hot. They're going to be like, dad, fuck you. You don't know shit. And then they touch it. It's hot. And you have to be like, well, I told you, but let me go grab some polysport and let me take care of this. 100%. And that's what dads do. That's why being a girl dad is one of the most rewarding things I have ever done. And are you scared when they, are you scared when they uh, get their period? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I've walked down the pad aisle, you know, with my wife sometimes. Well, you stores. have a sister, you have sisters. Right, but I never had to go like buy that stuff. Oh, you're lucky. Now, I I there's, told there's, <laughs> my wife works at a shopper's drug mart and she's always there and she's been preparing mm-hmm. one of our children because it's eventually it is gonna yeah. happen and she's working through it and now Cassie's getting self-conscious with things like before she was an open book. Yeah. Now she doesn't tell me anything. Her mm-hmm. and mom are always whispering I'm like what's going on and mom's like girl talk. So then I'll just sit there and go hey Ari you want to pick your nose with me and then we'll just stick our fingers in her nose. Because <laughs> she's still she's still at that age where dad yeah. is like a superhero. Yeah. Whereas Cassie's kind of like and then I'll like I'll go in Cassie's room and I'll wake her up and stuff like that and she'll be like can you get out like I'm in my PJs. I'm sorry. I'll go in Ari's room and she'll be sleeping with her butt up in the air, drooling all over her pillow. And I'll just <laughs> smack her right in the butt. And she gets up and she goes, Hey, that's my butt. I don't like it. I get it. I get it. I completely understand that you don't like it, but if your butt's hanging in the air, if I got to wake you up, I'm giving you five right across it. Cause it's there. Don't sleep like that. And you won't get it. But yeah, I, I'm worried when those things happen. And I'm worried. I'm going to be stuck. Like I, I remember the movie where there's a dad in the aisle. And there's like, there's so many, there's, there's light days, there's heavy flow. There's, there's tampons, there's wings, there's, Here's the there's cheat a lot code. of things. Here's the cheat code, because uh, I did it with my sister. Just send me the photo of the box, and then I get to play a match game of which one. <laughs> uh, there we go. And if did you ever catch a dad in the aisle? You're like looking, and dad looks over, and he goes, and you go. <laughs> no, I don't pay attention to anyone else. It's very much like buying condoms, where it's like, why would I be? Why is that? Oh, it's an embarrassing thing. I don't want kids and I don't want an STD. I think me buying <laughs> condoms is like the most respectful thing I can do. Oh my God. It's true. But it's those are, that's true. that 999,000 mentality. You need to have that one in a million mentality of when you're, when you're questioning, oh fuck, I'm at this impasse. It's going to take a little more effort. But that effort will pay off. That's that karma. It will pay off. It might not be in the immediate. It's like working out. You don't lose fucking five pounds in a day at the gym unless like you worked out on the fucking stairs for two hours. Uh, right. But it's that progression. And yeah, it's that mentality, that 999,000. It's are they willing to do this? No. OK, well, fuck them. Then I'm going to do it. That's right. And that's that's why it started with three. And now it's down to one and it's because I had the drive and I had the determination to keep pushing. And um, I always shout out my former co-hosts to the best of their abilities. Mm -hmm. We went in different directions and I just started gravitating towards the conversations. I never call them interviews. I've always called them conversations because that's what they are. And um, am I one of the best podcasters in Ontario? Hell no. Uh, We have a lot of great people here and a lot of great talent. Am I one of the ones to watch? Maybe. I don't know. But But you do have the the hustle. I enjoy what I do. Yeah, I got the hustle. And, um, you know, I sometimes I get bummed up and say, damn, I only got like 230 followers on Instagram or on uh, YouTube. But then it's like, wait a minute. A year ago, I didn't have any. So the goal was 200. I've surpassed that. The goal was to be over 800 on Instagram by April. I surpassed that. I've literally taken this show over almost a year ago. And every goal I wanted to hit, I hit over a thousand on Twitter. 
Uh, Facebook's almost at 2,000. So people out there know who I am. They're talking. Do I ask the right questions all the time? No. Do I stutter and say things wrong? Constantly. Dude, you honestly are one of the most genuine human beings on the planet. Thank you. I'm glad we were able to have this conversation. I'm glad we were able to get that wonderful little record light that's going on right now. Very excited about that. And uh, I can't wait to do it again. Like I said, from day one, you have been part of the Straight Talk family. Not only are you someone I admire, a talent that I see going very far in this business, you're someone I consider a friend and a brother. So thank you. Same. Uh, for you putting me on out of anybody else, that's great. And um, maybe I'll reach out to Justin. Probably not, because every time I do, I just get, oh, I love when they do that. Yeah, whatever, Justin. Fuck you, man. Brutal. Jerk. You're <laughs> awesome, though. <laughs> no, but don't be a stranger, George. Anytime you're down or you're having doubts about anything, send me a text. Or if you like, want to have like an hour-long conversation, no problem. with. Because what I pitched to Justin back in November or December, it's... I wanted to do like a monthly catching up with people. And then I didn't realize how I moved from one project to the next project so much that I don't like just stayed in it. I just like keep going, keep going that like he, that's why we, we had a long ass conversation in December and then we, we, we clearly message each other. We're friends and such like that, but he's like, let's have one of those catch up things again. So it's like, I keep mentioning it to people so that they can remind me that like, if we have like a giant group call, like the third Thursday of every month. And it's just like, what are your highs? What are your lows? What are some doubts you have? And has anyone else ever had like me saying the screen sharing thing? I didn't want to like message you that because it kind of sounds like I'm arrogant and whatever when even if you didn't see it as that way it's very much you and Justin where it's like just the wording of that of like huh that's weird that's why there's when wrestling comes back there's a lot of conversations I want to have with people in person because you can't just state it that's why I love video chat and that's why my I'm very open on audio podcasting because I think there's a barrier of entry You can follow someone on Twitter and never read their tweets. You can be friends with someone on Facebook and never met them in real life. Podcasting, you need to download. And then once you get past like the 45 minute mark, that's where I stop giving a complete shit. And I start name dropping things because I'm like, well, you made it this far and you, you like my bullshit. So here's more. And that's me being genuine. And a lot of people are afraid to be vulnerable, are afraid to be genuine. And that's why they... 999,000. I need those many people to not do the work that when I do what I think is minimal, it looks extraordinary. 100%, man. You are a motivational, positive human being. I adore you. And next time I see you, I'm going to move some of that hair a little bit to the right just so I can kiss that big old forehead. Oh, it's probably going to be bald by then. It's probably going to be bald. It's probably going to be bald. You should shave it. Shave yeah, it. 100%. This is why the fuck would I? I'm, if I was five years older, I would have more of like a Hogan fucking 80s kind of skullet going on. But like, no, this is thinning. I, I wish I had a bald spot. I don't have a bald spot. It's fucking thinning. It's worse than a bald spot. <laughs> That's my personal doubt. That's my you know self-esteem issue. You know what we should do after this? You should create a Facebook group with me, you, Justin, and Lewis. And then I'll don't just add all four of us to a group and then I'll do the first message, which will just be a middle finger. And that'll get everybody talking. (laughs) Justin will worry why I gave the middle finger. Lewis will understand it. And you'll know as well. 100 i'm literally making that group right now so i don't forget that's <laughs> that's also the thing that even uh what's it called uh lewis brought up that mm-hmm. uh, the first time uh we he ever asked if i could be on the podcast i just said um 
what's it called? I was like, I'm probably going to forget this. Please message me on Facebook. Because if I don't do it immediately, like, that's why I take notes. I could call back that Mark Merrow quote because I wrote it down. There's stuff now that I, I'll listen to a podcast and they'll say something, they'll promote something. And it's that of like, okay, uh, if I don't write down, I'm going to forget. If I don't do it right this second, it's why not now. It's that quote of why not now. So I just did that. Uh, we're going to get off now so that you can go to sleep. And uh, yeah, this will be on patreon it'll be up next month thank you so fucking much george i hope you and the family stay safe staying healthy and happy absolutely likewise to you my friend say hi to your nona say hi to everybody and i can't wait to see you back in person dude i can't wait to see you tearing it up in a fucking ring again can't wait for that i can't wait to watch uh all dogs go to heaven tomorrow morning after i finish work <laughs> it's it, have a kleenex box next to you okay do it I'm not into dogs. Like, why would I need Kleenexes or oh for, for tears? tears. Okay, so so <laughs> I'm right. I'm not a I'm a robot. I don't cry, but I'm a man, so I need Kleenex for something else. But I'm a dirty fuck. I'll just use my boxers. And All on right, that note, have a good day, everyone. Use your boxers.